All right. I'm getting ready to handle your angst. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to season four, episode six of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals and entrepreneurship, and sometimes we get coffee smarter. We try to learn something every week, but honestly, some weeks I'm just holding on, trying to let all the info brew in my brain. This is the third Coffee Smarter session of the season with my personal coffee sensei, Chris O'Brien. He's the founder of Coffee Cycle Roasting in Pacific Beach, California. Last week, we discussed how he develops flavors during the roasting process. We covered the phases of roasting, and in particular, we talked about the rate of rise, or the ROR. I asked Chris to send me a screenshot of the ROR for one of his recent roasts. If you want to see a visual to go along with the term, it's on roastwestcoast.com, where you'll find the newsletter for that and this episode. This week, I asked Chris about Bulletproof Coffee. And before we get into that conversation, I need to clarify a few things. First, Bulletproof Coffee is both a specific brand and has also become a reference for a specific style of coffee drink. The brand has managed to accomplish the big dream of all brands, where their name is ubiquitous with an entire style of coffee. Another example of what I mean by that is Kleenex. We don't say, do you need a tissue? We say, do you need a Kleenex? Or I wouldn't tell you to search for something. I'd say, Google it. They have many, many products, but coffee and coffee additives is where they made their name. They call it the pillar of their bulletproof diet, which is high in fats and low in carbs, a take on the popular keto diet. But in what becomes a theme when looking into this brand and this product, we're already getting off track. This is a coffee podcast. So back to the coffee part. The bulletproof recipe for a morning coffee drink is one cup of coffee, one to two teaspoons of MCT oil, and one to two teaspoons of unsalted, grass-fed butter or ghee. MCT is short for medium-chain triglycerides. The roots of these triglycerides are found in coconut oil or palm oil, and then enhanced by humans to create a fatty acid that is easily digestible and mostly tasteless, making it an effective way to add lots of fat to something without altering the taste too dramatically. I'll say now that MCT oils have been associated with a lot of potential health benefits, but the waters are murky. There doesn't seem to be a definitive answer to what they do or do not benefit, but they seem to be adjacent to a lot of various claims about the benefits of fats. And there is a lot of fat in that Bulletproof Coffee recipe. According to the packaging, a cup of that oil and butter infused coffee will have 25 grams of fat, of which 21 are saturated. As someone who just tipped over the line into a world in which he pays attention to his cholesterol levels, that number jumped out at me. During the following chat, Chris refers to that guy, or that bulletproof guy, a few times. He's talking about the company's founder, Dave Asprey. He is a self-described lifestyle guru, and he believes in biohacking as a viable way to improve health and increase his lifespan. He came from a tech background before starting Bulletproof and introducing his Bulletproof diet, which has been decried by some medical professionals and nutritionists as having no basis in science and of being overly simplified which makes sense because he does not have any medical or nutritional training. He's a tech guy. He is, however, a very successful one, 
having raised a boatload of money for his company, published numerous books, worked in tech, and he even has his own podcast, which has been downloaded way more times than this little West Coast Coffee program has. I'm giving you all of this background info to show that there are two very distinct things that we are talking about today. Bulletproof Coffee, the brand, which was created by a person, and Bulletproof Coffee, which is a reference to any type of coffee someone might add fats in the form of oils or butter to. I think that's enough background to get started. My coffee mug is full. It doesn't have anything in it as far as I know, just some really good Crossings Coffee roasted coffee that I picked up from one of our roast industry partners, Cafe La Terre, this morning in Solana Beach, California. I'm going to assume that your coffee is full too, with coffee and whatever else you've decided to put in it today. Which means it is time for us to listen to Chris get a little bit rowdy, and for us to get a little bit coffee smarter on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Coffee Smarter with Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle Roasting. I'll probably have to say that all over again because it sounded terrible, but I'm glad you're here. The last couple of uh, times we've met, we've gotten into some really in-depth kind of science-y talk with refractometers and how to identify and develop flavors during the roasting process. And so I want to ask you a question about a type of coffee this week, kind of shifting gears. But before I do, I want to very explicitly say to anyone listening that I am not a doctor nor a medical professional and has been established I don't understand science. Chris is not a doctor or a medical professional. He understands some science stuff, but this is not kind of what that conversation is. I don't think that it matters for this conversation, but because this particular coffee is associated with a lot of different health things and has been in the news because of health things and some of the claims about it, I wanted to make that clear. Not a doctor. Chris is not a doctor. We're going to talk about bulletproof coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I literally saw uh, Chris kind of shiver uh, or cringe or something on the other side of the screen there. Let's start with what is bulletproof coffee? And I should know this because I, I should have looked it up before the show and I didn't. But is bulletproof coffee a brand or is it a a name, a designation given to a type of coffee? At this point, it's it's both. But it started as, as a brand, and it, it is a brand. Bulletproof is, is the name of a brand. And I... Uh, so for our purposes, we're not talking about the brand per se, but we're talking about the concept, which is what we're going to describe, or both. Well, you know, I think by the end, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about both. So the concept is what we'll start with, you know, and, and I've I've never tried Bulletproof coffee. I don't really have any interest in it. But basically, the, the concept is, is pretty simple. You take your brewed coffee, like a cup of coffee out of, out of a coffee brewer, and you put it in a blender, and you add either MCT oil, coconut oil, or grass-fed butter. And the purpose of any of those three ingredients is basically the same. MCT oil is, is, um, is medium-chain triglycerides. So it's basically like a, a kind of a fat. And the idea is that, you know, coconut oil or grass-fed butter will provide the same overall benefit as the MCT oil, or maybe even be a source of the MCT oil. I could be a little little rocky on that. 
But my understanding is that the idea is, is that when you blend the two things together, the coffee and the, the MCT oil or those other, other fats, and then you drink it, that the combination of the two things together, rather than giving you the shorter spike in energy that caffeine alone will give you, will give you a longer, more sustained, less, less steep and crash worthy of a energy boost. And so that instead of a cup of coffee helping you out for one to three or four hours, you know, caffeine stays in your system for, you know, four or five, six hours, but its main effects are, you know, going to be in that one to three hour range, depending on your metabolism, caffeine sensitivity, rather than having it be such a short effect that it will last for most of your day. So kind of interesting. Yes. Uh, if it isn't clear, coffee is a drug. It is an upper, I mean, it's classified as a drug, but it's just one that we have all accepted as being okay to use every day. Yeah. So, you know, from the perspective of wanting your caffeine buzz or your, your energy boost to last longer and be more effective and be overall more healthy because you're experiencing less severe ups and downs, that sounds great to me. That's, that's all wonderful. And, you know, as Ryan said, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor or in the medical field at all. And so, you know, my knowledge of the science there and how truly effective it is, is a little, is a little shaky. And so it's kind of like, why, why ask me about this? But, you know, it might be somewhat true that this works. And at the end of the day, how you feel matters. So if you feel it working for you, if you like blending coconut oil or grass-fed butter or MCT oil with your coffee and you like the way it makes you feel, great. I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with bulletproof coffee. Um, and some people that know me know this. So I am I also know myself. So I'm going to try to not get too, uh, too worked up on this topic here. I did not know this about you, actually even though I do know you personally, it was just on my list of questions when I was thinking about what can I ask Chris uh, to get coffee smarter? And I thought, oh, there's this, I remember this really popular thing for a moment being butter coffee. And I remember people asking, coming into the shop when I was working yeah. there, which has been like four years ago and saying, yeah. hey, do you guys do bulletproof coffee? And that's, that's where this question came from. Yeah. You know, I'm thrilled actually, despite my, my, seeming reticence to actually get a chance to share some of this this factual information that I'm not going to uh, you know I, I know my limitations but I'm, I'm excited to share uh, with a wider audience some things I know about bulletproof coffee and um, it's sort of ironic in some way that we're able to do this through a podcast because one of the reasons bulletproof coffee became so popular is through a very popular podcast that deserves to be maligned somewhat often, which is Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan famously got behind Bulletproof Is that, coffee. that's a, that's a podcast people should know? No. No. Okay. No, no. If you don't know Joe Rogan, don't look him up. Don't worry about it. Okay. Just check it. <laughs> he's a comedian and supposedly he's funny. So that's great. Uh, but he famously uh, likes to endorse things that are not factual and he often will flip-flop on positions and I believe he did flip-flop on his bulletproof position and no longer supports it after being contradicted but unfortunately with someone like Joe Rogan the damage has been done and a lot of people really believe in bulletproof coffee 
and continue to buy bulletproof coffee products. So rewind a little bit. If you like the feeling of putting this stuff in your coffee, there is nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and keep doing it. I fully 100% support you. There are some coffee roasters that don't like it when you put stuff in your coffee, be it cream or sugar or grass-fed butter or whiskey, whatever the heck it is. There's some coffee roasters that don't like that. I like to support my community, and that means you who are listening. That means Ryan. If you want to put some stuff in your coffee, whatever it may be, go for it. Have a blast. If you enjoy it, great. You know, I, I don't care about that. But it's pretty clear at this point that I don't like Bulletproof Coffee, the brand, and I don't like what they promote. And the problem is not with the MCT oil or the grass-fed butter or the coconut oil. As I've said, I don't have a lot of scientific understanding of why that is supposed to work. Um, I don't I haven't read any studies that confirm or contradict that. Um, Yet, I still wanted to talk about this on a podcast with you, Ryan, because... I'm going to clarify again, an opinion-based podcast. Yes, an opinion-based podcast. The other part of Bulletproof Coffee, well, you got to put yourself in the shoes of this guy who started the company Bulletproof Coffee, and you got to say, okay, he is trying to promote this scientific idea for people to ostensibly help them with their day and with their caffeine intake and with their enjoyment of caffeine and coffee as a drug. And so he's teaching everyone about these benefits of blending MCT or coconut or butter. So it seems like he's a very nice, nice guy. Well, if you want to start a business, you have to find a way to make money. And by promoting this, he wants to make money. And so how does he make money? So he can sell his own brand of brain octane oil is I think what he refers to it as, or they refer to it as, because I don't know if it's, you know, just one guy or some group. Um, I, I tend to refer to it as, 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 a, as a guy, but it could be a girl or a they, them or, or anybody um, or uh, some kind of oligarchical group <clears throat> involved in, uh, in brainwashing us, but they sell their, their MCT oil blend, but they also tell you that you can use MCT oil or grass fed butter or coconut oil. So that seems like there may be, maybe missing an opportunity for business there. Well, not so much because not only do they want you to buy their blend ideally, but they also say the only way that you're really going to get all these benefits is if you also buy our house roasted coffee beans. And that is a problem. Not because I want, I'm worried about the competition because I'm not. (laughs) Um, They claim that their coffee beans are the only ones that are free of mycotoxins. Okay, mycotoxins. Myco, as an appendage, generally refers to being from fungus. So like a mycologist is someone who studies mushrooms. So the claim is that bulletproof coffee beans are free of mycotoxins and that all other coffee beans are not free of mycotoxins. And that the mycotoxins will negatively impact you and your life and your health. Um, and that they will also prevent the MCT coconut oil, butter, blah, 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 from being wholly effective. So this is where Bulletproof Coffee is full of poop. 
I tend to curse a lot, and so on this podcast, I try to uh, curse a little bit less. So full of poop is what you're going to get there. Might be more effective because you've toned it down. <laughs> well, that's basically what he's saying is he's saying that there's all these little funguses that are living on the surface of your coffee bean and pooping. And that their poop is going to be poisonous for you and that you need his poop-free coffee or mycotoxin-free coffee. And unfortunately, with a word like mycotoxin, which sounds really sciencey and great, even if it's true or not that mycotoxins are a thing to be worried about, there are numerous, numerous third-party studies on Bulletproof's coffee beans that show that they are no different from any other coffee beans as far as the as far as any microbial evidence of anything that's been left behind. And so in other coffee podcasts that you and I have done, we've talked about coffee processing a bit. We've talked about microbial activity acting on coffee. We've talked about animal poop coffee. And there is, in the food world, uh, a ton of, of, of food products that are fermented at some level and that have microorganisms, funguses, molds, bacteria that act upon your food before you eat it. Not just cheese and kimchi, things that you don't think about, like chocolate are fermented. Coffee is fermented always. There's always microbial activity to get coffee beans to the roastery. And so the Bulletproof coffee beans are actually just commodity-grade coffee beans. They're just normal coffee beans that have the Bulletproof name on them. And so Bulletproof, the company, has lied to you. They lied to Joe Rogan, the poor dumb bastard. They lied to Joe Rogan and they told him that it was that it was mycotoxin free, you know. And I I I don't really feel that bad for Joe Rogan, but you know, I feel bad for all these people that have been lied to because by using words like mycotoxin and talking about medium chain triglycerides, we're listening to people that are using big sciencey vocabulary words that make you think that you're listening to an expert. When in reality, you're listening to an expert on making you feel dumb. And they are capitalizing on making you feel dumb so that they can make the money off of you. So again, you want to use MCT oil or coconut oil. I just support the heck out of you. You just go right ahead. I'll let you use my blender at home, not at the shop. But you're not doing yourself any favors if you're buying scammy coffee from scammy people. All right. They are out there to take your money by making you feel dumb. And I cannot support that in any way. I feel very passionately about that because I love getting into the science of things. I love digging into them. Um, I know what mycology is. You know, I know that word. So mycotoxin immediately throws a red flag to me and I say, well, what is a mycotoxin? Well, it must be a toxin that's left behind from a fungus. And then I start looking up bulletproof coffee and mycotoxins and you can find studies very easily that show without the shadow of a doubt that their coffee is no better than anybody else's and arguably worse than most people's. And because it is commodity coffee, it's going to be much more inconsistent, much more full of flaws and molds and bad fermentation than it would be if you bought from a excellent small micro roaster, like your local roaster down the street, like Lofty Coffee or Coffee Cycle or Bird Rock or Steady State or any one of the wonderful guests that you have on your shop probably has, almost definitely has, better coffee than Bulletproof, and coffee that's much more free of bad things. And I'm not going to try to make you feel dumb by saying toxins or mycotoxins or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to say bad things. There's, there's less bad things 
in good locally sourced, ethically sourced, high quality coffee than there is in bulletproof coffee. So please, please don't buy bulletproof coffee. You can mix all the oils and crap in your coffee that you want. I don't care what you put in there. You want to put crack cocaine in there, that's on you. I don't recommend it. But don't buy bulletproof coffee. They do not deserve your money. They do not deserve your support. You didn't know I was that worked up about Bulletproof, did you? <laughs> That's funny. I did not know that you were that worked <laughs> up about Bulletproof. I think I'm going to have to consult a lawyer before I put this episode out there just to make <laughs> sure that I can't get in trouble. I mean, if you get in trouble, that's on you. But if I get in trouble, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy <laughs> in the closet here, Chris. Uh, that is a very in- intense thing. I think that says I-, I would take from this more about as a consumer, I'm thinking about the companies that I buy from and how much trust I put in them to make ethical choices for me. You know, I am choosing to support coffee shops that I think are making choices on the sourcing side that I agree with. I am choosing to buy products from companies, say, that I think are ma- are treating their employees well. But at some level, there has to be a trust built where they've given me a reason to believe that. Now, I think it's a lot easier if you just go, oh, well, I'm buying this from Target. I'm sure Target's figured this out. I'm not going to think about it. Taking that next step as a consumer to try to identify where there are hiccups in that chain or where things don't necessarily match with my belief system or my value system is, it's an extra step and it's harder. And we, we all have stuff going on. Like, I, you know, you might be worried about getting dinner on the table or getting home from work or trying to get in a workout. There's a million other things to think about other than is this product I'm buying good for the world or better for the world or whatever. And, and so I commend anyone who, who has, who is willing to do that has the luxury of time and and space and money to do so uh, for whatever product. And maybe it's only one product you choose to do that for. Maybe it's only coffee. Maybe it's only, you know, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. as a randomly chosen example. But every time that you do that, one, you'll feel good about that choice. And two, it'll make it a little bit easier for the companies that are putting in that effort to keep doing so because there'll be one more person that has kind of that knowledge and is making a values-based choice with their dollars. And I say that knowing that that is not always reasonable for everyone and it's not always reasonable for every product. It's very difficult and it can be overwhelming. And I would say personally, even sometimes a little depressing, but I also find that it's very rewarding to know that I have chosen to support a brand or a product that I really believe in. And so, yeah, it makes me happy to know that there are people who are passionate about their products and about uh, giving their customers products that they believe in as well. Well, you know, it's it's also nice to, to chat with someone like you that you know, supports that and, and, you know, also acknowledges that it is impossible to, you know, well, not necessarily impossible, but is at least very, very difficult to, you know, be quite sure even, or even slightly sure that all the consumer choices we're making are, are solid. But, you know, I mean, I think what gets my passion up in ire like that is, um, is just this deliberate misinformation thing, disinformation rather than misinformation which comes up a lot, you know, these days. And, uh, you know, if you're just trying to appeal to some kind of market, that's great. You know, if you want to just 
not lie to your consumers that that makes me feel a little better and <laughs> and i think that there's there's a lot of examples of that sort of thing out there now you know green washing or uh as like sometimes how it's called where people try to claim that they're environmentally ethical while they're not being is kind of a really common one these days and there's a there's a really relevant example in coffee right now that i don't know if you want me to get into but why don't we save that for another episode it's just really tough when you you know can't really trust what you're being told and you have to find these alternative sources um and i don't want to Oh God, the word alternative sources, that doesn't sound good at all in this day and age, <laughs> but it is really hard to know because if a company is telling you they're doing something ethically, then why should you disbelieve them? And sometimes it just requires a little bit of thought, you know, like, like I had that thought of, oh, I know myco, I know toxin, what the heck is this? And then you just do a tiny bit of digging and it pops right up, but some of them are, are, are harder and harder to know and you know, get defended by people that, that think they're maybe even doing the right thing. You know, you just got to try to do your best and you have to accept that, you know, I mean, I order stuff from Amazon. I know that's not always, you know, particularly ethical. So I'm not, I'm not sitting on some perfect, uh, perfect platform here. Well, I think that brings up a point is that we're all making compromises in our life based on the situation that we're in. And, and, we didn't necessarily create society or create an economy as it stands right now, but we are living in it and making choices. You know, I have a cell phone. There are issues in that cell phone chain, right? You know, where it's being made, the products that are that are used to create it. There, there are all these compromises and finding finding where you can comfortably live in balance as best as you can is, is important for everyone to make that choice on their own, but also you mentioned disinformation and I think that is really the hardest thing. You know, we're talking about coffee, but it does apply to a lot of other things. If I search for this, when we get off of this podcast call, I bet I'll find hundreds and hundreds of web pages with information that is being presented as factual. How do I know which ones to believe or not believe? And I, I don't want to advise anyone else and say, this is the place you go to get the right information because Frankly, we've all been burned a time or two by saying something like that. Like, I know this to be true because I read it here. Well, sometimes what we know to be true changes. And that's kind of the big thing is information changes, data changes, things change over time. And so we have to adjust to those concepts. I, I like to do my personal research, and this is just for me, kind of like how I look at like Yelp reviews. If there's a hundred Yelp reviews and there's one that's like, this place is the worst. And there's one that's like, this place is the best. And then there's 98 that falls somewhere on the chain of either better or worse. I'm probably looking at the whole instead of one individual review because right. somebody can have a bad experience at a great place. Somebody can have a great experience at a bad place. Looking at it as a combination of the whole seems to be more valuable, but it is hard. And I, I empathize with anyone trying to figure out where they land on any given topic, much less coffee. Well, and that's why it's important to, you know, have that disclaimer of saying, Hey, if you like the way this oil feels in your coffee, go for it. How you feel matters. You know, these guys might not be totally wrong with that. Or even if the science contradicts it, psychosomatic effect effects are real. So if it makes you feel like you have more energy throughout the day, that's freaking awesome. Cool. I don't care how that got to you. But I can't support the company that fear mongers to get sales. 
So, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's one that I take a stand on. And also if you are drinking something or eating something that maybe has disinformation about whatever health benefits it has, check with the doctor if you can, you know, check and make sure that you, the way you're feeling is also matching up with your health. And I'm only saying that because sometimes I feel great, but then, you know, the internals might not be so good and vice versa. This has been a really interesting episode and, and has delved into a whole bunch of different areas. And, and, uh, Chris, I appreciate that you were willing to chat about it. And, um, <laughs> I hope I don't regret it. <laughs> I hope you don't either. Uh, I certainly won't. <laughs> just kidding buddy uh thank you for being here i can't wait to talk to you again have a great day have a good cup of coffee do something nice for yourself thanks man you do the same it's uh it's always nice chatting this has definitely been probably uh, one of the highlights of my day i should let you know that i have tried coffee with oil and butter in it it wasn't for me I didn't like the sensation of having my lips and my beard coated in the oil afterwards. I couldn't actually taste the butter or the oil in the coffee, but it was just that sensation. I felt like I couldn't get it off for hours. To recap from today's Coffee Smarter session, Chris really does not like the Bulletproof Coffee Company, but he doesn't object if you want to put something else into your coffee. I did some digging, and frankly, it was hard to find straight answers on anything related to Bulletproof, the brand, or their related products. Their website was a maze of content, leading to more content, leading to more content, and none of it with the answers I was looking for. They do reference mold toxins in coffee, and they make the assumption that you wouldn't want that. Which, okay, but neither would any other coffee roaster. So I kept digging. The internet, in general, wasn't much better. Hundreds, maybe thousands of websites with odd URLs, often with misspelled health buzz terms, spouted the benefits of Bulletproof Coffee. But I didn't find any that included any independent supporting evidence. I did find an actual scientific study on the mycotoxin levels in coffee, which said that the extremely low levels of the toxin, mold toxins in particular, found in commercial coffee are further destroyed by the general roasting process, which made it unnecessary to perform any further studies. Basically, it stated that this wasn't a real problem. And I finally found a post that helped me break down some of the health claims made by the Bulletproof Coffee brand on Daily Coffee News. It is a few years old, having been published in 2018, but it was the most efficient collection of info that I could find. I'll link to it in the newsletter on roastwestcoast.com. But here are some of the main points about how the brand obfuscates the information that they share. They claim their coffees are certified clean of toxins but no such third-party certification exists. They claim that by drying their coffees, they are reducing the opportunity for mold to grow, but that's no different than any other coffee, which is dried naturally in the sun or in a dryer or during the roasting process. That's literally all coffees. They also claim that their coffees are tested for performance-robbing toxins, 27 of them in fact, but they don't say what those toxins are, nor how they rob someone of performance, nor who it is that is testing for them. Basically, there is a lot of, look over here, this coffee is good for you. Now look over here. See, I said it was good for you. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of foundational evidence to actually prove it. And if there is, I can't find it. There's just anecdotal commentary, 
that doesn't support their claims with any of those facts or studies or even details on how they came to their conclusions. They do say it over and over and over again, sometimes very loudly, and sometimes using unnecessarily complex terminology, or at the very least, an abundance of exclamation points. It seems as if the coffee coming from Bulletproof is no different from the coffees on the rest of the shelf at the grocery store. There are rumors, in the way that we sometimes hear rumors about Costco's Kirkland brand, that the Portland Roasting Company in Oregon is the provider of beans to Bulletproof. Again, those are rumors, not confirmed. I can confirm that the other podcaster Chris referenced, his name rhymes with Bro Hogan, did in fact change his tune on Bulletproof the brand's coffee. You can Google that if you like. As for the medical benefits of a high-fat diet, I don't know. That's for a different podcast, one with doctors, nutritionists, medical professionals. If you want to add oils and fats to your coffee, I just hope you make it a really good cup of coffee from a really great roaster. This show partners with a bunch of them, including Ignite Coffee Roasters, Café La Terre, Moster Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Leap Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Marea Coffee, Steady State Coffee Roasting, and Camp Coffee Company. Their coffee is great with nothing in it, but you can always add whatever you like. Including First Light Whiskey, and I want to say thank you to Cape Horn Coffee Importers for always supporting this show. If you want to buy some coffee, I always link to the Roast Industry Partners in this show's podcast notes, but if you can't find them wherever you are listening, You can also click into any article on roastwestcoast.com, and they'll be there at the bottom. And if you'd like to meet me, Ryan the Podcaster, I'll be at Camp Coffee Company in just a few days, Saturday, February 19th from 9 to noon. One last time, head to roastwestcoast.com for links to check out the other coffee content and to subscribe to the newsletter. If you have questions you think would be perfect for a future Coffee Smarter episode, Send them to me on Instagram, at Roast West Coast. I'll ask our coffee experts as many of them as I can. And if you want something a little more intense, our Coffee Smarter expert, Chris, is hosting Coffee Smarter 101 classes covering chemistry, history, and economy, along with some flavor profile sampling. The February class is already sold out, but you can get tickets for March on coffeecycleroasting.com. But I recommend that you don't wait until later, because all of his classes have sold out so far. I'll leave you today with this question that came up earlier and is probably going to sit on my brain for a bit. Is all coffee a blend? It's an interesting way to look at coffee, especially considering all of the focus we put on single-origin coffees. Thank you for listening, everyone. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope the show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity and coffee to make it through another day. Please always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. 
Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. We are lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, a beer mecca within a beer mecca, where it's 72 degrees all year long and there are over 160 breweries within minutes. Weather's nice, the water's warm, the beer is cold, and there are stories to be told. We believe beer is a drink for friends, for sharing a laugh, telling a tale or two, and for contemplating life and how to live it. We're not your ordinary beer pod, so grab a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us for a few laughs. You can find us wherever you get your pods, and also on Instagram and Facebook at I Like Beer the Podcast, as well as on Twitter or our website, I Like Beer the Podcast.com. Looking forward to having you join us. Cheers. As a matter of fact, I love beer. <laughs> <laughs>